Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, y'all? It's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast and Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thanks as always for listening. Hope you've had a good weekend. Uh, yeah, so the good news is we played our game last night. Bad news is we had another character death. And there's some other things to talk about with the game, so we're going to get into all that. The good, bad, and the ugly. If you've never listened to my Sunday show before, I recap what happened during my Saturday night, Night Below campaign. Running a mishmash of old classic D&D rules, primarily AD&D 1st edition. But before we get into all the the gruesome details, I got a voice message from Rob C. from Down in a Heap. Regarding last week's, well, actually two weeks ago, we didn't play last week, regarding a recap from two weeks ago in which the party narrowly escaped a roper. And it probably uh, was a bad omen. Um, But anyway, let's listen to what Rob has to say. Hey, Froth, it's Rob from Down in a Heap. You know, every time I hear about a roper, I always think of Three's Company with uh, the nosy, stupid landlord that lived below (laughs) the the three characters, uh, Mr. Roper. And he'd often tell these stupid jokes that he'd crack himself up with, and then he'd look off to the side, and the camera would show some close-up of Norman Fell, the actor, laughing, having his private moment. So I always think of a roper having some six-armed cardigan sweater and telling stupid jokes, and maybe after he reeled someone in and chowed him down, he'd look off to the side and have his little close-up moment. So... <laughs> If I had any talent, I'd make a, a jingle from Three's Company concerning a roper. Maybe TJ from Triple M can do it. See ya. Bye. Oh, Rob, that's awesome. And uh, if y'all aren't listening to Down in a Heap, y'all need to check that out. It's a great RPG podcast. But I, man, I hadn't thought about Three's Company in a minute. I need to check and see if that's on like Hulu and watch that. I've gone back and watched some old shows on Hulu like they had a bunch of uh, Kojaks on there. And that was that still is a great show. Um, really like Kojak. And so, anyway, getting way off the topic, but uh, thanks for that. Something to think about. Hopefully the party won't encounter a roper anytime soon, but trust me, the trolls are enough of enough of a problem. So yeah, the night below campaign, you know, if you're relatively new and want, you know, sometimes listening to campaign recaps, you know, the game's been running a year and a half, so you have no idea what's going on. The the, the basic summary is the, the players are kind of came to this area, the Heronshire to, to deliver, make a delivery and have uncovered this kidnapping plot that has led to you know carried out by these bandits and cultists and humanoids serving some greater evil deep in the underdark and uh, the party knows that mind flares tie into it somehow and in order to gather more information and and, and everything else they they're trying to enlist the help of the deep gnome 
Snurf Neblin. And the Snurf Neblin have asked them to take care of this troll problem they've got in these nearby caverns uh, to their city maze and in order to get their help. So... If you've been listening to these, you can tell we've been stuck on this troll thing for freaking forever. And uh, part of it is, you know, the, I think I understand now why so many people started The Night Below but didn't finish it. Because the whole first book is real sandboxy, lots of role play and action. It really sets it up well with this whole kidnapping mystery and everything. You've got all these little side quests and areas to investigate. And then right at the beginning of the second book, you hit this, you know, immovable railroad where in order to get past these, you know, to get, you know, to get what you need to get, you have to get, take care of these trolls. You know, there's just no way around it. And, um, so... I bet a lot of people just quit over the, this whole troll thing, to be honest with you. And, um, it's frustrating because I know it's frustrating for the players and me. Um, I have given them some kind of ways around it to where they could, you know, at least have some ways to strengthen themselves for it. But there's a, a massive jump in difficulty and, uh, you know, it, it's it's practically suicide um, at this point. You know, even with all the old school being clever and creative and everything. So anyway, last night, you know, they were on the outside of the troll caves and kind of decided to try to lure some out because they know from having snuck down in there with via invisibility spells that, you know, the place is infested with these trolls. And so they drew a troll out and they fought it and they, they killed it. And then they got chased off by some other trolls and, uh, the trolls are actually pretty damn fast and they managed to keep the trolls from chasing them anymore by having lit up some, uh, some oil in the hallway, some fire and the, the trolls didn't want to, you know, approach the fire. So, so far, so good, but I mean, it took, you know, an hour and a half for them to, well, maybe not that long, but it took a while for them to manage to get rid of one troll. Meanwhile, the troll killed one of their zombie henchmen and no, not the zombie henchmen, killed their last remaining meat shield, just bit its head clean off, you know, and spit it at the cleric. <laughs> so the party was trying to strategize, you know, what to do. They didn't really have any you know, perfect spells for the situation, everything. They did have invisibility casts on the thief and the magic user cast it on himself as well. And now here, I mean, part of it, I think is a frustration of the scenario. Part of it, yeah, maybe some questionable player judgment. I don't know. Uh, the puck, the, the thief is a good friend of mine. He'd basically been invisible for like, you know, two sessions and hadn't done anything, you know, just been sneaking around and didn't want to blow the invisibility with an attack or whatever. I heard him make some remark like, you know, he's tired of being invisible <laughs> and I don't blame him. If you're walking around doing nothing for a couple of sessions, you definitely start to get antsy and 
they, they, they didn't opt to try to make noise to lure any more out, which had, had worked before. I was kind of thinking they might just continue to do that for a little bit, but, uh, instead Puck decided to sneak down in invisible and he was going to attack one with surprise and then, you know, run away to try to lead them out, you know, and. Now, he did this knowing that he was going to, you know, possibly trigger an attack running away. What he didn't realize, and what I was even refreshing myself on, you know, first of all, in, in first edition, the attacks of opportunity, you know, fleeing melee, it's brutal. It's treated as a rear attack, which is a plus two, and against a stunned opponent, which is a plus four. You also wouldn't get any kind of theoretical shield or dex bonus in that case. Uh, which I didn't have to worry about, but it's still a plus six to hit. And on top of that, it's not just an attack, it's an attack routine. So something would get its entire attack routine as you break off, which I don't think puck was completely aware of which i wasn't even thinking about i try not to be you know steer them too much you know or any you know let them make their own decisions but so maybe wasn't the best decision in the world to begin with and it was made even worse by maybe uh you know i don't know i'll take responsibility by me not you know being clear on the rules um or I don't know. He knew there was going to be a, I guess what I'm saying is he knew there was going to be an attack. He didn't realize it was going to be the full attack routine, but either way it, it, the, the trolls are as fast as he is. So they're going to be right on his heels anyway. And the rest of the party, meanwhile, is some, you know, hundreds and, you know, 150 feet or so, maybe more away. So it just wasn't, it wasn't a good plan, you know? We can say that wasn't a good plan made worse by uh, powerful enemies. So Puck, of course, you know, sliced it really good coming out of the invisibility, but then, uh, you know, didn't want to risk just running away and triggering all those attacks. So instead made like a kind of fighting tactical retreat, a la BX, a la where but you're not going to get a lot of distance with that. He basically backed up 20 feet away from the troll. And meanwhile, you know, the troll just kind of waltzes over nonchalantly with another troll buddy. And, and this is where it was just that sickening feeling as a DM. Cause I don't like to kill players. You might not believe me <laughs> listening to this show because we have so many deaths, but it's not something I particularly enjoy, especially when it's just, uh, you know, it's that sick feeling, you know, it is a player where it's just a guaranteed, you know, you see what's happening and with both the trolls on him with, you know, six attacks coming, it was just a, a grisly affair as I rolled the dice, you know, and, uh, finally, you know, they, they fit one of the, the second troll finished him, clawed him in half and. You know, the trolls then are just kind of fighting over halves of the dwarf. And meanwhile, the other trolls come out. Everybody's wanting to get a taste of that morsel, you know, that that fatty, that fatty, juicy dwarf meat, you know. So it was basically a bloodbath on on Puck. Um, 
I tried to give it a little humor, you know, like, uh, you know, I said one of the trolls is a real comedian type, you know, so he takes the, he takes the dwarf head and sticks his hand up in it, you know, like it's a puppet. And he's like, look at me, I'm a dwarf, you know. But I don't know how funny that was to, to Puck, but Puck was already basically rolling up another character at that point. Um, I think he's going to end up with a magic user. He had a couple of good scores, like a 17 and a 15. So, But re honestly, you know, and then the rest of the party was just like, kind of screw this. We'll go back to the Great Rockdale. We'll try to get some more meat shields, whatever. We're not ready to just go get our get slaughtered, which... I was kind of surprised they'd gone down to the trolls anyway. Um, I mentioned that a couple sessions ago. I was kind of surprised they didn't, you know, really just try to get themselves as powerful as they could, you know, powerful as they could be before going. Um, but such is life. Such is life in a froth campaign. Um, I had this Nerf Neblin kind of pop out. Weird Gerald. Uh, dum dum da lum day. These little weird gnomes and everything and weird Gerald was sad to hear that Puck had died and, and the Snurf Dublin kind of helped them get out of their caverns. Um, but I think in the long run, it's kind of ironic, but I think in the long run, it's probably better. It's not better that Puck died, but it's better that the player will be bringing a new magic user in because they'll have, access you know they'll be able to have some different spells that the party doesn't have then there's that whole kind of incestuous sharing of spells between party magic users which i'm completely and totally fine with so i think in the long run it'll help them um but you know puck was fifth level and i was having to start back at third which is you know one lower than the 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 kind of the party average there so it's kind of dragging that, dragging it out, dragging it out. And, uh, it just feels, it's got this railroady feel and there's not a lot of, not a ton of role play opportunities. So it's just kind of in this play at one point I was just like, you know, if they had gone into the trolls, I told them, I was like, you know, you guys can end the campaign here if you want, <laughs> you know, you can go down in there and just get TPK'd which sounds kind of negative, but it kind of is in a way, because you know it's like I've mentioned on some other podcasts, you know, life's too short to run crappy games. And, um, maybe I should have seen this coming, but I don't read too much ahead with the, these adventures. And the first portion I've been so good and run so well that I didn't feel like I had to worry about there being some bottleneck railroad piece in there. And, but it is what it is at this point. It's just established that they're going to, at some point, face these trolls. But in the meantime, there is some fun adventuring left. Don't get me wrong. There's some fun stuff that they can do. It's just, I, I dislike when stuff leads up to where it's just a kind of one, like I said, like a choke point kind of situation. But, uh, you know, they didn't end the campaign. You know, they weren't suicidal. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it was just the, the character death fresh in my mind that gave me that uh, thought. Because I, I like to, you know, I prefer for other characters to have some some options and then some, you know, be able to use their stuff creatively to overcome situations. And in this case, it's kind of like telling some second level characters to 
you know, go fight 10 dragons or something. And it's like, now nah, you got to do it. Go on, go on, get in there. Maybe not that bad, but you know, so I felt a little bit bad about the death. I tried, like I say, I tried to, um, I tried to lighten the mood with a little, you know, severed dwarf head puppetry, but <laughs> I don't know if I made it worse or not, but, but anyway, the rest of the party kind of got the heck out of there. And, um, as they're, they were leaving the, they basically have to pass through these orc caves to eventually get back to the surface because they're heading out to the surface and, uh, it's miles and miles and miles away. It took them like four days to get out. So I end up rolling a random encounter as they kind of get towards the, the, you know, the tunnels near the surface and it ends up being nine wargs, you know, these evil, evil, uh, dire wolf deals. And, uh, so I thought maybe it was going to TPK right there with the nine wargs, <clears throat> but Lanix, the magic user, got really creative and paid off. Uh, they used a dancing light spell, and you know, thinking about it, these these wargs that are just kind of roaming, kind of hunting in the 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 tunnel here near the surface. Um, I figure they don't see a lot of dancing lights, and that would probably maybe cause a little fear or apprehension. So a number of them, uh, kind of failed saving throws and, and, and fled from that. So it, it, it lightened the load for them and, and the rest of them had a, you know, standard kind of fun combat against the, the remaining wargs, no treasure, but, uh, so they managed to, you know, take out one troll, uh, lose a meat shield, lose their thief and, uh, and then, fought off some wargs and that was basically the session so i do think like i mentioned already that um having another magic user and having some more versatility with the spells is going to in the long run pay off and make them a stronger party i also feel like if they take some time to uh recruit some more meat shields obviously that's going to help toughen them up and i think if they it sounds like they may return to the Great Rock Dale, these caves that are inhabited by all these humanoids. I think that uh, if they continue to work through the caves there, uh, they're going to um, increase their levels and uh, you know find some more magic items and stuff like that that will eventually help them. So part of it was a little too, too much too soon on their part. Part of it's poor campaign design. Part of it... And I have to take some responsibility for that, being the GM. And part of it was maybe some, some maybe hasty decision making, and part of it was maybe me not being, you know, completely. I don't know. Sometimes you don't know to explain a rule until it comes up, or you kind of almost don't think about a rule until it comes up. So I'm not beating myself up, but. You know, it was all the combination of things that that, uh, that led to where we're at. So that's what's going on with the game. Anyway, we're not going to run next week because of Labor Day weekend. We're going to go, I'm going to go to the in-laws and they've got a swimming pool. So we're going to shut that thing down, do some cannonballs. Uh, I know we're going to have some ribs and uh, it's going to be good. Anyway. 
that was what happened this uh, this session. It was, uh, you know, like I say, there's some things I can learn from. Um, I'm really surprised at how the, the campaign changed from so, I mean, I know they're getting into a smaller area being the under, you know, not smaller area, but kind of tighter area rather with the underdark. Um, um, but it really, uh, it had been great up until this point and this whole little troll piece is, uh, not a campaign highlight. And I do wonder if other people have run that night below since it's so many people get through the first book and then stall out in the second book. I wonder if this, if this killed a lot of games, but maybe I'm exaggerating it. Maybe, maybe it's not as bad as I'm making it sound from a player perspective, but felt pretty bad last night. But, uh, like I say, we'll introduce a new character next time. We'll be off next week. So anyway, next year guys will hear from me is going to be hump day bloggerama. I've been saving stuff, setting it aside. I think, as always, we'll have good material, and uh, we'll go from there. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. If you want to uh, appreciate Rob C. calling in, if you want to leave me a message, you can use the Anchor app. You can email me, frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Check out the blog at frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. If you are interested in backing the podcast, blog, and the kind of forgotten z and i've got the stuff ready to work on i just got to push through on it um it's only a dollar a month over at the patreon i've been picking up a couple people been losing a couple people so you know it is what it is over there but if you like what i'm doing want to back me for a dollar a month you just go over to patreon.com forward slash thought eater and check it out i think that's all i've got for you so logan make that sweet music Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade Zeroing in on your mental trade Gonna help you escape from the grind Thought eater gonna blow your mind Boom, 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 bo